Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Uncommon Real Estate, where we are working uh, with others to show you, uh, show real estate agents how to live beyond the next transaction. Uh, we're your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Before we get started today, we would like to invite you to give us an honest review wherever you're listening to the podcast here later, uh, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google, or any of the other amazing platforms out there. Also, feel free to reach out, to, uh, reach out and let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover. You can reach me at uh, Jeff Safright on Instagram. You can reach Chris at Crad Rock, or you can join the Facebook group Uncommon Real Estate on Facebook and interact with us and our amazing uh, community. With all that said, let's jump in and uh, with our with our guest today, Kyle Stanley. Kyle's going to. Uh, walk us through the Airbnb world and how to get started without owning a house. Uh, Chris, you want to give a further introduction to Kyle and then let's jump into today? Sure. Yeah. Kyle and I are in a mastermind together and uh, thought it was pretty cool how uh, Kyle was able to use Airbnb arbitrage um, and also just create a, a great management company that um, can print cash, but also uh, really serve people at a high level. So with that said, um, a lot of people are really interested. They're hearing all these stories about Airbnb and how people are making a lot of money from it. And um, I'm excited. Th these are the things I want to hear from you. Uh, how, to, how to do Airbnb at a higher level where you're making the most money versus just throwing it up on Airbnb, VRBO. Um, I'd love to hear uh, about arbitrage and what you're doing there. And then just kind of what the difference is between managing at a low level, high level, like what you guys are doing that kind of differentiates you. So with that said, Kyle, tell us a little bit about yourself and let's jump into those things. So uh, yeah, Kyle Stanley, I'm in Fresno, California. I uh, got into real estate in 2019, uh, but actually was doing Airbnb as just a room out of my home since 2015. I had bought a house and uh, you know was living in it and was like, hey, I can barely pay this mortgage. Probably joint, you know, got a house a little too early in life uh, just because of a status thing, and and you know decided that I'm going to be able to pay this mortgage. I got to figure out a way. I got a couple roommates. Got onto Airbnb honestly, really reluctantly because I thought it sounded super sketchy. <laughs> and so I jumped in though and, and gave it a shot and um, have been doing it casually since 2015, but started as a business. And Chris, like you said, uh, started going all in with the uh, arbitrage and also co-hosting model, which isn't talked about nearly as much um, back in 2019. And so we actually just hit um, year number four. So we're in year number four now, been doing it for three years. We're at 65 properties and uh, our biggest month to date, we've netted right around $60,000. So it's been a life changer. Boom. That is awesome. So, so Kyle, tell us, how are people, why is Airbnb better than long-term rentals? A lot of reasons. Um, I mean, and all it comes down to your goals, right? Like I wanted acceleration. So Airbnb to me is acceleration. If I can do a short-term rental, where I can rent out really on a nightly basis rather than a monthly basis, I'm going to make 
two and a half to three X, maybe even more uh, than a long-term rental. So that's typically if you say, hey, you know, I, I'm getting rent for about a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars per month. You can pretty much guarantee a two and a half to three X at just about any market is going to be what you get for a short term rental. So from a cash flow perspective, it's amazing um, from also a condition of the house perspective. It's also a lot better. You know, if I put in a long term renter uh, and let's just say that they stay there for you know five years, I have typically no idea what that house is going to look like after five years. And most of the time, it's not going to be in even close of good of condition as when I got it. You know, um, I have good friends that are, you know, uh, they're renting out their place and they're high level people, but you know what? Their dog gets anxiety when they leave the house. What happens? They scratch up the doors. That kind of stuff happens in a long-term rental. Well, in a short-term rental, that happens. We hold the tenant or the guest right away. We can get it fixed four to 48 hours so that that next guest that's coming in has a perfect stay and is able to uh to experience an even better house so from a condition standpoint uh cash flow acceleration and honestly you know that i just think that's the biggest thing for me it's just it's acceleration if i was it was going to take me 10 to 15 years to create 50 to dollars of cash flow with long-term rentals it took me three years to do that with short-term rentals that's awesome that's awesome. All right. So um, tell me this. I was just on a call yesterday with a friend that has a bunch of Airbnbs uh, in the South. And uh, um, they were basically trying to figure out who they wanted to manage it. Do they self-manage? Do they have somebody else manage it? Tell us the difference between um, just throwing it up there and kind of self-managing versus having a company and why, what you, what is it that you guys do that differentiates you from like everybody else? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you have the time, it makes a lot of sense to self-manage. You know, the biggest thing is that I, I can go and self-manage a long-term rental and I can put it up on Zillow and I can have a tenant in there and, you know, have a, a good set of vendors. And, you know, I, I know that that's a, a pretty simple process, but with, Long, with short-term rentals, the issue becomes that you're now dealing with an algorithm. You're dealing with an actual legitimate, like you need systems for your business. You need to know how to do turnovers. You need to have the best cleaning team. You need to be able to have some, some automated responses and some set responses of, you know, how do we deal with these situations? What if a guest is trying to check in and they can't get checked in? You, you need all these systems around it. And that's why it becomes a little bit more of a headache. So Chris, for someone like you, that's a, a high achiever and has a lot of different things going on. I, mean, I can't, I've lost count how many different businesses that you have uh, and cash flow streams that you have. Like you should not be managing your own Airbnb because it doesn't make sense for someone that's got a lot of plates up in the air to do that. Cause you're not going to at a high level. Um, and your ability that has everything to do with your, your time is a lot more valuable elsewhere. So I always recommend, and most of our clients that we uh, co-host for, which is just essentially a fancy term for managing someone's property on MB, uh, typically I'm going to perform 20 to 25% better than would if they were to do it on their own with their busy schedule. And that's what we charge. We charge 20 to 20% based on what market, and we make it passive for the and we do it all for them. And so, you know, we do that in three different markets, Central California, there's two different markets in, and also in Phoenix, the, the greater Scottsdale area. Um, so to me, if you're a high producer um, and, and, you know, whether you're doctor, lawyer, real estate investor, wholesaler, whatever that looks 
you you can try to take on Airbnb, but I don't think you're going to as well as if you were to hire, uh, you know, I would really say a mom, company, someone that has on someone that, you know, has a great team area. Um, I would stray away from the big companies that I, I don't want to name now, but you know, they're the big conglomerates and, and they're the Apple and, you know, um, and PC of, of the, the world uh, for short-term rentals. I would stay away from those because you're one of a number. Whereas like if you join a company like ours, similar to ours in your area, you get that one-on-one experience with the actual relationship with the manager and the team. So that to me is how you'd want to differentiate that. But if you're ready to do it on your own, go all in and don't just stop at one, like get to 15, get to 20, because that's where you'll be able to automate it. Today, Chris, I have my properties. I put in about three to five hours per week on those on that business. Um, and the reason I'm able to do that is because I make enough money to hire great people to automate that entire process for me. I'm going to share a case study for our lake house, right? So um, we bought our lake house. It's, it's a more of a higher end um, place, you know, uh, just over uh, $1.2 million um, last year. And we looked at it and we knew we were only going to be down there during the summer. So we're like, okay, we love this place. It looks awesome. It's a lake that, you know, my mom had a smaller house that uh, we grew up on that lake. And um, my uncle has a house down there. So we're like, okay, this is where we want to be. And so uh, we looked at it and said, okay, um, to spend this kind of money though, and not be able to be there all the time, um, what it just doesn't make sense. So we looked and there were no restrictions for Airbnb and then HOA. That's like one of the first things that you need to look at is, are, is the HOA, is, are there restrictions or covenants in the HOA? Also DC. So there's certain uh, counties that have restrictions. DC also has uh, a restriction that I don't think they're actually enforcing anymore, but you have to live there at least 50% of the time in order to Airbnb it. Um, so you can't do it like year round. Um, so there are restrictions. So you want to check on the restrictions. So there weren't any at the lake, which is weird because they restrict everything. Like everything is a lot of older folks that, uh, you know, have their hands in everything because that's what they do. Um, and, but we looked at it, the lake has like an equestrian facility in the grounds, a golf community in the grounds. It's, it was great, everything there. Um, so we started and we were making decent money when we started. Um, but I wasn't a super host because I'd never done Airbnb before. And so we were making a couple thousand dollars a month on top of our mortgage. And that was okay. Although we spent about $50,000 to furnish the place. Um, So it wasn't really getting to a place that we got caught up, but it was interesting because as soon as we hit super host, our numbers, um, our bookings started getting booked further out and we started making an extra like, you know, four to $6,000 every single month on our, uh, on our bookings just because people were paying higher dollars. So, all right, Kyle's back with us. And so let me ask a question on the, uh, on that. So Superhost, why is that? So like, why does that change the game so much um, when you're not a super host versus uh, being a super host? Super host is, I mean, it, it's just like anything, right? Like if, if I were to go and look at reviews on Google, am I going to go with the brand new business or am I going to go with the established business that has a bunch of reviews and really happy customers? So it's the same thing. Um, you know, the, the fir- one of the first things that a guest can do when they go and search for an Airbnb in the area is say, you know, what are the filters that you want? And most people are going to click on the super host filter before they do anything 
because they want to filter. They don't want to have to go through the 4.1 star ratings and listings. They don't want to have to weed through all that. They want to get streamlined to the 4.8 to 5.0 star ratings right away. And so if you can be in that small, you know, probably in, by the way, just so you know, as a host, it's not super difficult to get to super hosts, but even then there's a small amount of people that are actually super hosts because they are doing it as a, a business rather than doing it as a hobby. So um, I, I just think that it's just like anything. If you're going to go look at a business, you want to go with the best one out there. Quickly, how? So, what are the like? What are the requirements to becoming a super host? Yeah, uh, like I said, it's actually not super difficult. So, uh, a lot of my students actually get to super host in about two to three months of starting their business. Um, you have to have somewhere around uh, ten reviews, I believe, and it has to be at least four point eight stars. Um, there's a certain number of nights that you have to have hosted at that point, and then you have to have a 90% or better, um, essentially, response rate. A response rate means that if I request to stay at your house, you either accept or decline me. Um, and then on top of that, I believe it is, um, without having it in front of me, uh, let's say, oh, cancellation rate. You you have to have less than like a 1% cancellation rate. So, um, which is again, super simple. So these are all the things that, you know, from a guest perspective, it's like, oh, cool, super host. This person worked really hard to get to get that badge on their profile. But from a background perspective, it's actually really simple to get to the super host. The difficult thing is keeping your super host status once you have it, especially as you grow and grow and grow. That's why systems and good people in your team become so important. So Kyle, somebody, uh, Millie asked, what is the name of your company and where do you guys locate? Where do you guys work? Yeah. Sorry. I, if I was cutting out there, I, we're in central California, uh, two different markets there, Fresno and Clovis, uh, and then also in Bass Lake, which is just outside of Fresno and Clovis and then, uh, Phoenix and Scottsdale, uh, two different companies We're the pursuit in, uh, um, in central California and then super original case stand properties in, <laughs> in central California. Okay, so tell us about um, uh, tell us about what you're you're working on here. Um, how do you do Airbnb without owning a property? Yeah, it's really simple concept here. So I go to you, Chris Craddock, and I say, Chris, uh, you know, here's the deal. I know you want to rent your house out to a long term tenant, but I'm going to be your best solution for a long term tenant. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to lease that house from you. I'd like your permission to sublease it on Airbnb. I'm going to get the best quality tenants in there. Um, I'm going to pre-screen them. Um, you're going to be protected with more insurance than you would as a regular homeowner's policy. Uh, and I'm going to pay you probably a little bit more than you would it get from a long-term tenant. So my goal, Chris, is to be your last tenant that you ever have to sign a lease with. And how does that sound to you? So that, that's a, a typical conversation that I'm having with a landlord. So I'm essentially just leasing it and then subleasing it on Airbnb. But then a lot of landlords, what, end up, what ends up happening, Chris, kind of like what you mentioned, is they'll either go out and they'll buy a house specifically because they want to do it as an Airbnb and they just don't have the time uh, or the, the knowledge to do it themselves. So what they'll do is they'll come to someone like me and say, hey, instead of renting it, Kyle, I want you to just be my manager and I'll pay you 20 to 25 percent, maybe even more. 
to just run the day-to-day -day operations of that property. You, Chris Craddock, pay for all of the expenses, all the furniture, all the consumables. If anything gets damaged, you're paying for it because you're taking on full responsibility. But me, as your essentially co-host manager, I'm going to do all the day-to-day -day operations of having the cleaners, having the vendors on call, um, talking to the guests, hosting the guests, and that's the way that we really blew up our business was we started with the arbitrage model of leasing and then subleasing. But what happens there is, you know, you have to spend money every time I got to pay for the furniture. I got to pay for the consumables. I'm talking about, you know, 15 to $20,000 of startup costs, which is really, if you look at a business to create a thousand to $2,000 of cash flow, only 15 to $20,000 for a property. Uh, that's, that's a phenomenal return, but I like, again, acceleration and I like growing fast. And that's what we were able to do with co-hosting is $0 invested because the owner's paying for everything. And then I come in and I make 20 to 25% on the back end. So if I make you $5,000, I'm taking the first thousand dollars off the top of that with my 20 to 25% management fee. And I have almost close to no overhead aside from maybe a couple pieces of technology. And then as I grew, I brought on some employees and, you know, that becomes a little bit of overhead, but as you and I talked about in Tulum, we really incentivize our employees based on performance um, and based on how we're growing as a company as well, so that it minimizes our overhead and encourages a lot of growth. So um, those are the two different ways, essentially either leasing and then subleasing on Airbnb, you keep all the profits or managing and just taking a, a cut off the top. And um, it, to me, guys, like I, I was a struggling entrepreneur for many, many years. I tried a lot of different things. This to me is the lowest barrier of entry to any business that you can get in um, with the most upside as quick as possible. Um, and, and just one story on that. I've got a guy who he's in Utah. He signed 12 contracts in his first 10 weeks of being in my program. And in month one, with just three properties live, he had a gross six-figure business, essentially. He grossed over $12,000 in month one. In month two, he's netting over $10,000. So in two months, this guy has now created a six-figure net business, which is, I mean, think about any other business out there. I just don't know where you can do that. So- I want to understand something quickly because it's, so it seems like co-hosting is the preferred method, correct? For me, not for, for everyone, right. for me. Yeah. Right. For you. And then, so when you approach a, a landlord, do you approach them with the arbitrage model and then flip them to the co-host or do you just directly go to the co-host model? Yeah, that's a great question. If I'm just starting out, I think it's an easier sell to do arbitrage because I'm guaranteeing that owner their rent. And they, they have no, you know, they see me, Kyle Stanley, I have no experience. I have zero properties under my belt, but I'm going to guarantee you X amount of rent. And I think my business model is going to work either way. That property owner is going to get that signed lease and they know, Hey, if you can't pay, uh, I'm kicking you out. And I, and again, that property owner has $0 invested, but as I gained a little bit of experience and I, and I started talking about this with other real estate investors and realtors and property managers, you can imagine what probably happened. Well, they started saying, well, what if you managed for me? And they saw that experience. And so I think once you gain that experience, you now have this incredible tool in your tool belt that no one else in your market has, or if they do, they're just probably not talking about it as much as you will. And now you can go and, and do this for other people. And once again, that's where it really starts to spread like wildfire. Like Chris, if I make you 
a cash flow of $2,000 a month on your property. And Jeff says, Hey, I've been thinking about doing Airbnb. Then what are you going to do? You're going to say, well, you got to talk to my guy, Kyle. But if I'm just giving you a guaranteed rent and you're making call it an extra hundred dollars of cash flow, you know, are you going to talk about me to your friends? Probably not. Um, so that's where I've just found that co-hosting can spread like wildfire while arbitrage is a great way to get in. You mentioned vendors. What type of vendors are, are you typically gathering together? Yeah. Uh, I mean, same as what you would need with any you know type of management company. You got your handyman, HVAC, uh, electrical, plumbing. The only difference is we also have runners um, and then trash people as well. So we'll literally, um, and, and a lot of the times our cleaners just want to make more money, right? So we'll just tell them, hey, if you go take out the trash over here uh, twice a week, we'll pay you an extra, you know, twenty dollars uh, per week. And hey, we've got someone that you know they said the light bulb broke in the uh, the the guest room and they want to get that replaced. So, you know, we send over, we will either send over a light bulb through Instacart or we'll send over a, a teammate if they ask for it to go, you know, and, you know, put that light bulb in there. And so it's little things like that, that, you know, a little $15 here, $20 there kind of tasks that we'll do a lot with our runners. All right. So Kyle, tell me this. Um, if somebody wants to get started in the Airbnb game, um, maybe they're a real estate agent, maybe they come across stuff like this all the time. Um, maybe they want to start just adding this as an additional stream of income. I know that you have a coaching business. Um, you teach people how you're all over uh, YouTube. Um, tell us what you can do to kind of help people get started if that this is where they wanted to go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the best place to start is we have a free masterclass. It's 40 minutes long. It's on my website, fearlesskyle.com. And it's going to show you how to get your first Airbnb in the next 30 days without owning the property. Um, free, easy. It's going to even come with a free calculator that you can download and you can start to evaluate your deals and see if they're going to make money, um, which is super important. It's just like flipping a house. I need to know what my entry level uh, you know, startup costs are going to be and then what I'm going to make on that property. So that right there to me is the best place. And then from there, um, at the end of that masterclass, if you want to have a call with me or one of my teammates um, to see if our coaching program is the right fit for you or if you're the right fit for it, um, then you can go ahead and fill out an application by the end of that and we'll be able to get on a call with you. Um, another little freebie too, Chris, is we have the largest Facebook group in the world for Airbnb hosts. It's called Airbnb Masterminds. We have over 120,000 members in there um, and they're all sharing their ideas, their knowledge. And um, I jump in there a couple of times a week as well and share a little bit of nuggets. So a few different free options there. Uh, and then, you know, the, the students though that I'm working with a little bit closer uh, they're the ones that are getting the results are the ones that are moving this into a, a six figure business in under 12 months. And that's what we're really passionate about helping other people to do. That's awesome. I love this. I, I think this is, uh, this is excellent. I think it's a great, it's a great way to see what's coming here in the future. So uh, great job with this. Jeff, any other questions before we take us home? Oh man, I'm just looking at the, uh, uh, your Airbnb masterminds. I've actually been in it for quite a while. So Thanks. I'm one step ahead of everybody. So get over there. Uh, jump into his uh, in, into his Facebook group, Airbnb Masterminds, and uh, there's there's lots of great information in here. So great feedback. Oh, man, it's like you're meeting a celebrity and you didn't even know he's like a secret <laughs> celebrity to you. I know, man. Can I get a digital autograph? <laughs> oh gosh, that's that's hilarious. That just shows you though I'm not I'm not putting enough time in there. If you don't recognize my face, I got to be in there more often, man. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> awesome, awesome. 
Uh, well, hey, friends, this does conclude another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Saferight. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be at, back on live, same place, same time this Thursday. Uh, until then, continue crushing it. We'll see you soon. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.